0: hi i'm kyle and i'm trevor and uh today kyle caught up on cinema actually it was a mutual catching up as a uh, welcome to may 2019 which we here at catching up on cinema are calling uh catching up on keanu month keanu month. <laughs> uh, so the theme for the month uh in celebration of the release of john wick chapter three parabellum Correct. uh we're going to be doing an entire month of keanu reeves films um Me being me, I decided to subvert expectations and uh, pick a not-quite-Keanu-starring film. Uh, There was a film uh, by the name of Freaked, came out in 1993, that uh, I've heard some shit about. Uh, So I decided to take advantage of uh, catching up on Keanu Month uh, to have both Kyle and I Uh, Delve into this film, Freaked, uh, that I've heard so much about. So, Kyle, you just finished watching this movie uh, for the first time. I saw it for the first time as well uh, about a week ago, but Kyle just finished it about a couple minutes ago. Yeah.
1: What the fuck did we watch? (laughs) Well, first of all, I was—I kept waiting for Keanu to show up, and I'm like, man, this wolf guy. I'm like, he sounds so familiar, but I'm like, I keep looking in the credits. I'm like. I don't see him on IMDb. I'm like, who is this guy? I just kind of know. It was Keanu the whole time. I didn't realize that that was him. <laughs> <laughs> he was right there in front of us. Yeah, so, he was right yeah. there in front of you. And so,
0: I remember you texting me before you watched the movie, like, is Keanu in this movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> kinda? I was like, kinda? Like, he, I mean, he was paid $1 million to be in an uncredited role. Smart on him. Uh, yeah, so... This movie was written and directed by, I'm sorry, co written and co directed by Alex Winter, uh, Keanu's co star in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and say this right now. I hope you're listening, Matt. Um, I liked this better than The Dark Backward, Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) that's not saying much. Um, Yeah. I was wondering, so this is 20th Century Fox, real quick. Um, Uh, Kind of. Kind of. Uh, kind of
0: um so like not to cut you off completely but yeah like the whole reason i had you watch this movie and i subjected myself to this as well yeah uh, knowing knowing what we were getting into you had no idea i knew what i was getting into because i've always been very fascinated by uh troubled productions in the film industry um because we have you know internet and wikipedia and stuff you you Stumble every once in a while across these stories of these films that aren't necessarily like god awful films in their own right, but the story of what was happening behind the scenes makes it fascinating to me. Um, And this was certainly that case. Um, So, the reason why I say it's sort of a 20th century Fox production is that this was, um, I don't know if you remember the episode of Seinfeld where they're trying to pitch their pilot. They have like Mm -hmm. an entire season where they're trying to make a show within a show yeah Uh, it's a show about nothing um anyway there's a situation in seinfeld where the lead executive who was backing the project is released from the company or i think he like leaves to go join greenpeace or something because he's got the hots for elaine um that's what happened to this movie uh the lead producer who is like leading the charge in terms of financing the film and, like, believing in it from a creative standpoint, uh, was released from Fox. Mm. And uh, I think, like, all the way to the top, Rupert Rupert Murdoch himself said, fuck that, (laughs) like, we're not giving them any more money. So, like, by the time we get into post-production, it's like, nope, no special effects. Whatever you got in the camera, like, in camera, that's what you got.
1: So they got $13 million, which is roughly $23 million, now what we would consider 23 million dollars now which is a the of off. amount of cash they yeah, cut them oh, off yeah they apparently
0: they cut financing uh, by the time they got into post-production and then on top of that it's apparently the way this film all came together was that alex winter and uh i guess the lead director because this was like there was a triumvirate of people who made this film it was uh tom stern was the lead alex winter and uh, this fellow by the name of Tim Burns, which makes me laugh because I have a friend by that name. Um, it's The three of them like, all wrote it and directed it, but they apparently had a TV show on MTV uh, that was called The Idiot Box that unbelievably I'm not familiar with. I'm guessing it was on the air like when I was too young to watch it. Uh, Matt might actually be aware of it. Mm. Um, but apparently it had a very similar... A visual style and sense of humor to this film um but the success of that that series was um what led to the creation of this film was that they got a deal where it's like okay you can do another season of the show or you can make a movie and they were they were all like yeah let's make a movie and then we got freaked <laughs> yeah. um uh, i was actually so, shocked by the cast in here yeah it's a pretty stacked cast actually uh, and amazingly enough, nobody really phones it in. Like From a performance standpoint, I wasn't really underwhelmed by anyone in this film. No. There's actually a lot to like here. It's just, um, <laughs> by the time you get to the end of it, it's like, I can see why this made no money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this this could never hope to find an audience. It's just so off the wall and, and directionless in terms of storytelling. It's like, yeah, this is... You're there for the visuals and the energy and that's about it.
1: Well, it felt like a Naked Gun movie or some kind of Liz, uh, Leslie Nielsen um farce kind of movie. Um a lot of a lot of the jokes were
0: Uh yeah. Um I really love that style of humor. Um the Zucker Brothers kind of stuff where I'm just going to leave this here. Like I'm just going to deadpan this and if mm-hmm. if you're quick enough to catch it and you laugh at it, great. If not, we're already moving on.
1: It doesn't matter. Well, I was talking that. like the the cameos. Like, well there's a like fake cameo, like Bob Vila. Um, yeah. I felt like a little Monty Python ish in this. Um, specifically um uh, the meaning of life. I don't know why, I just I felt I felt some of it in there. Um,
0: well there there's a lot of there are a lot of like topical references of the day. This came out in nineteen forty three. Um it kind of reminded me of like this the Saturday morning cartoons that I grew up with maybe not you so much, but like mm. Ren and Stimpy or or Animaniacs, especially. Well, I
1: think um, the creators of Ren and Stimpy hailed, like they they loved this movie when it came out. I'm sure. Like,
0: that I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some of the people in their art department worked on this
1: film. Uh Do you know who did work in this art department or the uh, makeup? The makeup uh, department.
0: I know a couple
1: of names, but how about you tell me? Yeah, I was like, oh, Screaming Mad George did. Fuck uh, yes. Here. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> okay, I perked up. I'm like, okay. I'm not going to like this movie probably, but I'm going to like something in this movie. Yeah. And the brain, uh, the <laughs> G-rated brain dead ending to this movie is what I did like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the other person was Bill Corso. Bill Corso. I don't
0: know him. I do know Screaming Matt George, though. He, Who's Corso?
1: Bill Corso, if you look up his stuff, uh, he has a much, much bigger IMDb. Yeah. Uh, list than screaming mad george um oh yeah if you just take if you just look uh, up okay he yeah. came
0: from the stan winston school yeah <laughs> he's that's he's all you a, need to know
1: he's in a lot of stuff he does he's also still working to this yeah. day um,
0: yeah justifiably so apparently um i only caught two of the names in the opening credits which we we absolutely need to talk about but apparently there were like three different makeup of Effects houses that worked on this film, and it it shows. Yeah, like, there's a lot of admirable makeup effects in this film.
1: That's about um, all that's good about this film. That I definitely was uh, laughing. I there were some pretty funny jokes in the beginning. Um, once I we laughed actually,
0: at some parts of this, I, I, I really I was, did I was, sincerely.
1: The the opening song is bitching. I mean, it has a hardcore '90s open. Henry Rollins, dude. Is it Henry Rollins? this Is uh, Butthole's uh, uh, Blind I Idiot God.
0: I did not realize it was Henry Rollins. Um yeah, I this film like it it's early 90s. It has that like anarchic like not quite punk but like we're we're touching punk a little bit mm-hmm. kind of feel. Um, we are on and,
1: we are just on the cusp of we're about <laughs> to get ska. We're, it's right there. Ska is right there. Yeah. Absolutely. I was I
0: was expecting a brass section to come in at some mm-hmm. point. But yeah, apparently Henry Rollins, and I recognize Butthole Surfers because uh, my brother had this, uh, this album by the name of uh, Saturday Morning Cartoons that I, I listened to obsessively at one point in my life. Uh, it was just a bunch of like contemporary 90s bands uh, doing like Hanna-Barbera uh, cartoon openers, like covers of them, mm-hmm. and Butthole Surfers, I believe they did Underdog, and that was like one of my favorite songs on that album. It's fucking glorious. Anyway, uh, we should probably get to the opening of this film. And like, one of the first comments I had in here in my notes was, uh, "Kind of amazing stop motion opening credits." Yeah, the credits were bitching. Uh, this was like, this reminded me of uh, the Peter Gabriel uh, music video, "Sledgehammer." Yeah, not familiar. You haven't seen it? Uh, you might want to look that up when when we're done with this, because it's it's a part of like. I think I know what you're music- talking about though. Well, it's, it's that like uh, cornucopia, like stop-motion style. Where it's very cluttered, it's very noisy, but it's really amazing to look at. Um, also, a lot of the stop-motion in this film, and unfortunately there isn't too much of it, but whenever oh. it's on screen, it's top-notch shit. Um, it reminded me a little bit of Pee-wee's Playhouse, uh, the California Raisins, <laughs> and by extension, uh, the Michael Jackson Moonwalker film. <laughs> I never Which watched I think that one. May have been, I think it may have been done by some of the same folks who did the California Raisin stuff. I but yeah, give the p- opening credits of this film, um, damn good animation. And uh, whatever, I can't remember the lyrics of the song. but Oh, you don't know super- the
1: lyrics of the song? Well, I was going to say, what's the name of this movie? Because the lyrics of the song are, Freaked, 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 s- Freaked, Freaked. As opposed to
0: Sex fraged. and Violence. Sex and violence. Yeah, <laughs> sex and violence. Yeah, it was. Sex freak. and violence. Freaked. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I was very taken with this opening cred sequence, mostly because I'm really into stop motion stuff. And why don't you uh, lay out the
1: plot real quick? Just what what exactly is this movie about?
0: Uh, so it's about I guess you'd call him like a burnt out child actor, maybe.
1: Sure, we'll go um, with that.
0: Yeah, he's he's basically uh, an actor of note that is past his prime. Uh, the character's name is Ricky Coogan. Uh, he's played by Alex Winter. Uh, it's about him kind of selling himself out to a corporation and uh, acting as a, a sponsor for a new product of theirs. Uh, a substance by the name of Zygrot24 uh, that just by the name you can tell it's probably not great for the environment or anybody who's in close contact with it. Uh, so he heads to a region of, I think it's South America, called Santa Flan. Santa uh, to, Flan, yes. To uh, to promote Zygrot 24, and just through some shenanigans, uh, he meets up with a gal, and he and his buddy and this gal, they drive along a dirt road, uh, end up stumbling across a freak show, uh, end up turned into freaks themselves, and then merry mishaps ensue. Sure. Um, it it feels like a, on paper, I guess it it's almost like a texas chainsaw massacre kind of plot it's like a slasher movie plot almost
1: on paper is powerful on paper paper is powerful Uh, yeah you you had you have to actually
0: see it to to understand what we're talking about here but yeah (laughs) and you can see it now for
1: free on youtube um no one's gonna uh, take it down
0: (laughs) that is how kyle and i ended up watching this because uh, kyle informed me that the DVD for this film was apparently quite expensive. It's probably yeah. out of print. I'm amazed to hear that.
1: <laughs> I'm surprised Alex Winter doesn't have a hole in his head after watching this. Like you mentioned before, like why? Do, like people are wondering like why Alex Winter didn't really work after Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, and like oh, it's because he was given, I guess, a little bit of creative control over a movie, and this came out. Like honestly, yeah. he should be dead. <laughs> so I
0: mean, people <laughs> that much a bit- money. People like to bitch about like Michael Bay, and like why does why does he keep making movies and stuff? Because he like, makes well, fucking
1: money. Yeah,
0: you look at his return on investment; his ratio is un- unbelievable. This movie, um, just glancing at the Wikipedia, budget was thirteen million. Box office return
1: was under thirty thousand. Yeah, under thirty thousand. Uh, so, Bay, it, Bay it, <laughs> Michael Bay's ROI. He's um he's a he's a go-getter. He he is going to he's going to get you what you put in. Yeah, always be selling. You know, he 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 gets shit done. Alex but Winter listen. gave his friend a million dollars to play a wolf, basically. <laughs> That's uh-huh. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie is. Uh, Keanu Reeves made a million dollars for being a wolf. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: so, um the act, the way this film starts after the credits uh, I didn't know it until I was looking at the Wikipedia page for the film just now but uh, it opens with one of those uh, like PSA like security alert signs yeah. on your television um, and it's a message that says we repeat the flying gimp has been destroyed you may now return to your homes uh, apparently the flying gimp was a character from that TV show uh, the idiot box that Alex Winter was spearheading before this film got made. Uh, it's just a goofy non sequitur that's like okay, I guess this is the logic that we're going to be dealing with for this film. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. Uh, and then we get introduced to Brooke Shields.
1: Super fine Brooke Shields. This is oh, yeah, Prime she, Brooke Shields.
0: Prime Brooke Shields. She not she not quite what is, is it? Who's in the city? Is it Susan in the city?
1: <laughs> oh, she was that her? I didn't realize that was her. I, I think it was. Well, they, they make fun of her Blue Lagoon movie. They uh, do. Yeah. Uh, appreciate that. Uh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, she's
0: a talk show host of some sort. Uh, and they have a live studio audience. Uh, she is interviewing somebody who is cast in the shadows. We, so we can't see them, but we can see their silhouette is horrifying. And she introduces us to this character of Ricky Coogan. Uh, This is where we're introduced to his, like, film career, I guess. Uh, She makes reference to some films by the name of Ghost Dude. Uh, Apparently that was, like, his big hit franchise or something. Um, And the whole premise of the interview is she's wanting to know, like, why is everybody horrified of you now despite having been a a Hollywood star of some sort? Uh, So he starts to tell his story, and uh, we end up in a boardroom for a company – called EES, Everything Except Shoes. Uh, this made me think of uh, Rocco's Modern Life, actually, uh, the Conglamo Corporation. Um, this was a really big theme in the early 90s, the anti-corporate sentiments. You know, Emperor,
1: anti-establishment, uh, anti-corporate, don't sell out, bro. Yeah,
0: it, it's it was the style at the time where it's like we we just came out of the 80s where everything was you know ultra consumerist and yuptoids and stuff and it
1: didn't you know, work amazon owns the world so
0: well it's you know it's a push and pull kind of thing we're we're basically right back where we were in the 80s yeah <laughs> Except cocaine's
1: um, not cool. Um, so yeah, who
0: plays the CEO, Kyle? Billy I'm sure Sad- you're
1: excited. Billy Sadler, <laughs> sadly, who never made it out of the '90s. Uh, if you are familiar with Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey or Die Hard 2, uh, William Sadler is the guy who talks like this. Uh, he's playing the the suit, the the chairman of the board, if you will. Um, there's, I was legit laughing at some of the stuff in here. Uh, food, dude, I got a funny. I, Somebody says food dude at one point. I don't know why it was funny. But (laughs) food dude. (laughs) So they're basically pitching um, Alex Winter on, like, we need you to be, uh, what is it, a uh, uh, toxic chemical salesman. So I guess he's going to, they're going to pay him not $2 million, but $5 million plus expenses to go somewhere and, I guess, sell toxic or chemical waste. Um, The board of. the board votes on it, which is Willy, Billy Sadler um, pulling a string, and he's operating the... Are they dead or are they just drugged? I don't know if are even real. I think
0: they're just supposed to be elderly and brain dead, but yeah. I, I got a kick out of that. Like, I did, that was too. was pretty funny. There was some creative there stuff are, in here. There are, there are a lot
1: of good little
0: gags here that I, I will have to highlight because I, <sighs> I had some sincere laughs at parts of those.
1: I feel like there was either too much weed... Or there was not enough weed smoked.
0: Like it was it was one or the other. You could have been craft services guys were like rationing the weed on the set. (laughs) No, it's just like (laughs) like, whoa whoa whoa
1: whoa whoa, you've had enough. They (laughs) had the creative juices flowing. They just either had too much creative juices flowing, or they didn't have quite enough, and it was either because they had too much pot or they didn't have enough pot. It was just there was just something. There was something Hmm. off.
0: Yeah, I get what you mean. There there is a little bit of an imbalance there. Maybe, maybe Keanu like made off like with all the weed at one point. And, like half, half of the filming, it was like, "Fuck, what happened to the stash?" He
1: gave him a million dollars and he stole all of our weed, man. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, uh, so William Sadler invites a Hispanic gentleman into the room, and there is a very uncomfortable moment of unsubtle racism.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. I got a kick out of it, but yeah, it's pretty not subtle.
0: I mean, it made me laugh, but it's like, fuck. <laughs> like, it was bad. bold-faced. It was basically, bad. Basically, we get uh, the camera work in this movie, Um, again, feels like a product of its time. It has... I think Alex Winter actually even said that he had evil dead in mind when he mm. when he started working on this and it shows like the camera work has an energy to it a lot of the angles are like a little bit you know dutch in some regard and there's there's not as many like energetic zooms as as you would see in a Sam Raimi film but I felt there's resilient. definitely some consideration put towards the cinematography and
1: putting like a a weird feel on things it, yeah, um, it felt so like yeah. a mix of dead alive or brain dead and uh, and a little bit of Brazil for me, but not as good. But night, <laughs> not, not as good as either one. No. <laughs> um, but yeah,
0: the uh, this Hispanic guy walks into the room and he is from a, a place called Santa Flan, where they want to promote this new chemical Zygrat twenty four. And I forget his actual name, but like William Sadler calls him by just a general his like Spanish name. And then the he guy says, corrects him, and we get this antagonistic angle of, of William Sadler just, like, staring through him and calling him the the wrong name again. Yeah. it's like, ooh, fuck.
1: <laughs> and then he shrinks into somebody else, and then he turns into the, the small Indian gentleman who's been in a lot of stuff recently. He's the Oompa Loompas from the Willy oh, Wonka Deep remake. Roy? Yeah. And then he turns into a, a little person of some kind. Uh, I wasn't sure who that was. Um, he was a really little person, though. He yeah, reminded really.
0: me of the... Uh, Island of Doctor Moreau, yeah. little guy. Oh Jesus, <laughs> that guy's God. a rock star. Though. I want to rewatch
1: that the the making of the Island of the Island of Doctor Moreau. I just oh, the, that was amazing. It was so good. Um, but yeah, they're basically sending him to Santa Flon and uh, they're gonna take his boner of a sidekick, whatever this dude's name is.
0: Uh. uh, apparently the actor's name is Michael Stoyanov. Uh, he is a consistently working actor. That is he? I I did not recognize him, but apparently he was one of the Joker's bad guys in The Dark
1: Knight. I know he was just, just
0: one. Of, he was just one of the mental patients.
1: I think I know who. Uh, I think that kind of rings a bell now because he has a very particular face. Like he has a very distinguished nose. He's got
0: some angles on him that you know, mm-hmm. I could I could see a casting director being like, Yeah, we could use him.
1: He looks like a cartoon drawing of something from Hey Arnold, basically. <laughs>
0: he looks like sti- He's stinky. It, stinky. Yeah, he looks kind stinky.
1: I liked Stinky. He was a good character. He was great. That was a great show. Um, yeah,
0: yeah, I loved it. But um, so yeah, Stinky, <laughs> Stinky, and a uh, and a uh, Ricky is uh, Alex Winter's character. Um, they get together. They hop on a plane, and the, uh,
1: I was having some good laughs on the airplane. It was it was. Some I fun gags. had some
0: good laughs on that plane. But um, I, we we need to point out. We need to explain to folks out there what what Alex Winter looks like in this movie
1: before yeah. before the freaking he actually like it's odd he has screen presence which is which is interesting like he actually yeah uh, yeah
0: he he actually like carried my attention yeah
1: <laughs> like he's not he wasn't bad looking like i just thought he was like a stoner loser and you know as bill and ted but like He's actually not bad looking. He's given the right angles. He's got his hair colored black. Uh, they mentioned something about Christian Slater later, later on. I, I'm i wondering if there were some casting couches where the two of them were sitting. I'm Even, sure. He missed out on true, sure. true Romance by just that much. Oh, Alex, you were great, but you don't have that fake Jack Nicholson thing going for you. And that's what <laughs> we're looking for here. <laughs> but yeah, oh. he,
0: has, he has like jet black hair on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's he's very animated because you know in Bill and Ted Bill and Ted he's also very animated and cartoonish in that but it's kind of like in that laid-back sort of stoner way in this he's like doing Jim Carrey shit like he's doing a lot of raised eyebrows and like like ear-to-ear smiles and it's he's I think I think he and by extension the rest of the cast and crew probably had cartoons in their mind when they were making this film
1: The first, yeah, the first, uh, this is like the, uh, well, this is a pretty short film. So maybe the first quarter of the film is like a cartoon. Like all the noises, all the way, the way the uh, actors are carrying themselves, the gags. It's a cartoon, basically.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's even like, like the use of, uh, quick edits to show like the passage of time. Like we'll, we'll get to when he sees the girl and there's just like this instantaneous gag. That's like that. It, that logistically that makes no fucking sense, but in a cartoon, yeah, In, absolutely. <laughs> In a cartoon,
1: <laughs> it would have made sense.
0: But yeah, uh, we we hop on the plane here, and <laughs> Stinky. Um, I, I gotta look up this character's name because I'm not right. gonna call him Stinky. Ernie. No, stinky. Ernie. 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 Fine. Okay, we'll call him
1: Stinky. <laughs> stinky. <laughs> stinky has a hand coming out of his fly. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I thought it was. I'm like the. I think it might be a nod to the Dark Backward because I think the Dark Backward was just a couple years before. It was. Yeah. Uh, I would
0: not be surprised. But yeah, because as soon as he walks into frame, I was like, why does he have a hand coming out of his crotch?
1: <laughs> I just, I, it was pretty funny because he does slap the old lady in the face with his, uh, his crotch hand, which I got a pretty good laugh. That might have been my favorite part of the whole movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, <laughs> that was had pretty had funny. A ca- I
0: had a cackle at that. Um, so this is, I think, where we meet Stewie on the plane. Oh, Stewie this little is, shit. Stewie is hideous.
1: He's and I, um, I
0: loved what they did with him because yeah. he is a little shit,
1: he's and he had all of this shit coming. <laughs> oh, what do they keep calling him? It's pretty funny. Uh, oh, the dude. troll. Yeah, they say something. Oh, panic stricken uh, little troll. Panic stricken There's a panic. Is this your panic stricken little troll up here? <laughs> uh, it's pretty no, it funny. Great. Yeah, uh, he's absolutely. the little shit from Blank Check. Remember that? I think this guy's been drinking vodka. Yeah. That little redheaded shit. Yeah. 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 He's he's good at it. He's very good at it.
0: Yeah. Um, and you hate him, and he gets kicked the fuck around in this movie, and you yeah, love it. Yeah, I had does. so much fun watching this kid get his ass whipped. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, as you had said, is this your panic-stricken little troll? Uh, is a line that I believe comes from a flight attendant, yeah, who opens a luggage con- no opens like an overhead baggage container, and uh, yeah, there's a there's a redheaded nerdy kid curled up in there, and I guess he is a Ricky Coogan super fan yeah and he follows Ricky wherever he goes uh carries on it's a running gag throughout the entire movie this kid is obsessed with Ricky and <laughs> when he chases them into the into the bathroom that was the, really the, funny and he gets his
1: head caught in the door <laughs> i was laughing at that pretty hard oh there, man <laughs> a little kid violence if it's if it's done right can really pay off uh i don't remember a thing like I remember some of that Freddie Got Fingered movie that God. Oh, you beat t- you beat me fucking to it, dude. When the kid hits his head on the car door, yeah, and he starts was screaming, and his teeth <laughs> fall out or whatever. And I was like, laughing so hard at that; it was so funny. But like, but Tom Green's expression is just kind of like. I didn't do anything. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck the was that about? It's the kid's fault. I mean, we've all been there. I've been in the room
0: when like kids have a like face plant, and you're just but, like, "What the fuck?" <laughs>
1: but that kid starts screaming like a little girl. Like that's what because he's in like he really fucked his shit up. Like yeah, yeah. that's that is that is priceless comedic time. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, and then at the end, when he gets chopped up by the chopper or whatever, the helicopter blades. Oh, I didn't get that far, man. <laughs> uh, apparently, there was, like, an edit that they had to do. It was very similar to, have you ever seen the G.I. Joe animated movie? Of course not. Oh, my God, it's, like, one of the funniest edits, like, post-production edits. I mean, it's animated, so everything's post-production. But, uh, <laughs> but um, there's this moment where uh, one, of the, one of the lead G.I. Joes, uh, Duke, Uh, He gets shot. And this is after the Transformers animated movie. So, like, Hasbro is very cognizant of what happens when you kill Optimus Prime. The kids freak the fuck out. Yeah. And so what happened with Duke, though, because he's a human and not a, you know, a truck person, (laughs) um, they had to slip in like an ADR basically of he has gone into a coma. <laughs> it's like, he's <laughs> it's like bleeding and on the ground and not moving. It's really obvious he was supposed to die, but then they like got gun shy about it and we're like, let's reel that back. Like we, we can't have kids freaking out in the theater again. The parents yeah. are going to kill us. But yeah, I guess in Freddie got fingered, they had to do something like that. Cause as much as Tom Green was allowed to get away with in that film, apparently the kid getting chopped up by the helicopter blades was too much. That was too much? So, what happened is like they, they still had the blood gag. If you hear the sound and the blood flies onto the crowd and the kid's dad and stuff, but they they ADR a line of the kid saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Uh, okay. It's like, oh yeah, I'm sure you're okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, Violence towards children in movies is a lot of fun. Yeah. So, Stewie gets kicked around all throughout this movie, and I, I, there's like a, there's a couple of really good sight gags here, where um, I think a flight attendant walks by with one of those carts and just plows the fuck <laughs> into Stewie, and he goes flying out, like, the cabin door, and they do this thing where they the, the flight attendant no-sells the vacuum effect, so, mm-hmm. like, Stewie goes out the window, and she just, like, casually closes the door, and, you know, there's no vacuum or anything, but right after this like if you if you're paying attention and this is very much a zucker brothers kind of gag um a flight attendant is like putting away a, a cartoon bundle of dynamite into one of the overhead yeah. storage compartments I caught that. <laughs> it was cute um, yeah this, stewie, this is, stewie survives by the way
1: this is what made me think of the naked gun like that's such a that's a naked gun or leslie nielsen farce movie gag We're like, oh they fell out the the plane door oh, let me get that shot for you yeah yeah um but yeah that so they la- i was gonna say they land in santa flan
0: yeah, and then there's a plane explosion. Yeah. And it's pretty it's it's a cute little gag that they, they actually do this more than once in the movie. And I kinda like this. Uh so we see a plane landing and as soon as it touched down, it explodes, but as it's landing, Alex Winter is narrating the scene and being like, Oh great, we arrived in Santa Flan ahead of schedule or whatever and so through the magic of editing your brain tells you oh that's the plane that they're arriving on and then it explodes and then it immediately cuts to stinky and and ricky like just staring off into the middle distance and he's like god i'm glad that wasn't our plane <laughs> it's yeah. like that's pretty funny yeah yeah had do have been there
1: uh, yeah and then they see um there's some kind they're protesting his arrival and there's a yeah. bunch of people out there with signs and uh Alex Winter catches uh, the eye of uh, Major Babe, uh, Megan Ward. Uh, PCU, um, one of my favorite movies, Encino Man. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, yeah, she's uh, super cute. She's just adorable. She's just uh, yeah. she's just super pretty. Um, she's over there protesting. That was a it must have been a big thing in the '90s. Uh, feminist protesting because that was the whole thing in PCU, and what uh, PC, PCU was after this had to have been. I think so. Um, but yeah, they're they're protesting. So he's like, "I'm gonna hit on her." So he, very cartoonishly, uh, this wraps is what her. I
0: was talking about. Is yeah. he sees her? He does a Dreamweaver moment, basically. Yeah, <laughs> um, she's a babe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yody, yody, yody. <laughs> oh, we got it in. All right. we
1: got it. Quotas quotas been reached for quotas the been the reached 2019 um, Jurassic Park. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Uh, so yeah he sees her and instantly like in one cut uh he comes back to the protest (laughs) line and he's in like a full body cast like he looks like a mummy and the idea here is that he'll earn her like sympathy points by being a victim and then agreeing just nodding and smiling at everything she has to say about you know her environmentalist angle and whatnot Uh, and she does fall for it (laughs) it's kind of amazing that it was that easy Uh, so stinky ricky and julie i believe is the character's name yeah Uh, they all hop in a car together and they're driving on a dirt road and within like two minutes uh he he loses control of his his ploy of his gambit to uh win her over as a victim of sorts uh because of the aforementioned christian slater reference yeah (laughs) um They're talking about movies. Actually, I think Stinky is the one who instigates the the conversation because I guess he's trying to, like, fuck his friend (laughs) over, which is kind of mean. But basically, um, he mentions, she mentions that she doesn't care much for Ricky Coogan as an actor. And Ricky, of course, has an ego, and he takes offense to this, and Kristen Slater comes up in comparison to him, and that sets him off, and he tears off all his bandages and outs himself as the one and only ricky coogan um i believe it's very shortly after this uh that we come across a couple of signs on the road like stinky's driving and we keep cutting back to like signs that he's passing and like the first one says human worm and then there's dog boy and like frog man so it's like ah this movie's called freaked i guess we're getting to the freak show yeah um by the way there's a pretty cool map painting in here um it's just like a a pulled out shot of them driving on the road. And then the entire background's just a, you know, a painting that is, it made me think of like cool world almost, mm-hmm. except cool world was a lot more surreal, like crazy horse shit.
1: <laughs> I appreciate where they spent the money here. Like I, I can see where the money went in a few places like this. When we get to the actual um freak show, the freak place, I'm like, okay, there's where some of your money went. I get it. These oh, yeah, giant the
0: production design.
1: Yeah. Um, these giant, well, we'll we'll get to who the giant head, the giant head is made of uh, here. Um, Yeah. So they get to this freak show place and Alex wonder me is like, this place sucks. He's like, this place is dead. It just immediately. And uh, Megan Ward's super excited about it. Um, Uh, Nothing but trouble, of course, came into mind. Um, Absolutely, because I was especially ready for it. Now I'm like, okay, this is going to take a dark turn. This is going to be a little, a little weirder. Well, it doesn't take the, as dark of a turn as I thought it was going to.
0: Some of the other movies that we've done on the show uh, are actually what made me think this would be a good idea for you and I to cover. Is that I wasn't expecting this to be good, but a lot of the, like <laughs> one of the themes that comes up in a lot of the movies we've explored is. <laughs> one, mismanaged resources and two, uh, movies that have a lot of attention to detail put into like production design. Doesn't necessarily mean they're good movies, but in terms of like aesthetics and like set design and costuming, mm-hmm. some love was put into it. And if you have Screaming Mad George working on your makeup and you have these folks working on your set, you're going to get some good images at yeah. the very least. And that's the case with this film. So yeah, uh, Freakland is what it's called. And as you had said, uh, Julie is happy to be there. <laughs> Ricky, not so much. But yeah, there's a like what? There's like a tent. There's like a a dungeon. <laughs> there's a, and then there's a giant head, like a giant rotating head in the center of this compound. And the whole thing looks like a like a crazy carnival of sorts. But it's very darkly lit because somehow it turned into night by the time they got there. Um, I told you through text that the whole time, as soon as they arrive at Freakland, I was like, Holy shit, is this gonna be Monkey Bone? Does I haven't Monkey seen Monkey Bone.
1: Bone. My brother we told me not to, to watch Monkey Bone.
0: I might make you watch Monkey Bone because oh, it's not good, but that, know, that's Brendan, Brendan Fraser? Fraser?
1: Okay. Th- if we want to do that, I can do a Brendan Fraser month. We could definitely find some no, Fraser I, I, nuggets. I
0: would I wouldn't mind actually watching that Looney Tunes movie that he did like at the very end of his career.
1: He's and I think it's of Gods and Men, I think is what it's called. Well, Gods and Monsters. Gods and Monsters, yes. I wanted to watch that. I think that's one of his dramatic roles. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be kind of based on a true story. Uh, about yeah, a,
0: my, my parents told me I'd probably like that. Uh,
1: we'll, get, we'll get to Brendan. We've More Mummy movies? I mean, I could definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, we did like two hours, two and a half hours on The Mummy. I think we can get through some more. But yeah, uh, uh, I I might subject you to monkey bone at some point. Just keep that in mind. Uh,
1: so Randy Quaid. Yes, uh, my favorite off the wagon uh, character. One of my favorite off the wagon character actors, Randall Quaid.
0: <laughs> he shows up. Yeah. Uh, he he's got like a whole bottle of Instatan dumped just <laughs> on his face. Uh, he's got some like knife edge mutton chops. Uh, he's got long red hair, and he looks like it's like a uncle Sam outfit almost. Uh, but he's, he is our like ringmaster essentially. If if
1: this was a circus, he'd be the ringmaster. I was watching this and I was thinking, uh, like he's funny as cousin Eddie. I mean, of all he in is. all the vacation movies, he's very memorable. And, uh, I liked him in Independence Day. He's He does a pretty good job in uh, Brokeback Mountain. Uh, and, it, like, looking at that character he played in there, uh, he's, like, the trail boss. He's, like, the curly for those two guys. Um, and this, like, he could have played, like, a really creepy, like, legit serial killer type. I think that he, he did could,
0: a He did a decent Frankenstein's monster. Did he?
1: I'm thinking more, like, Zodiac-esque. Like, I think he could have really Buffalo-billed out. Like, he could have done oh, something like that.
0: Apparently he's, I mean... Personal life aside, apparently as an actor, no, he, he's done some shit that I I don't remember the details of, but he's in hot water these days. I think he's um, a little bit of a boozer. Uh, apparently, though, he's got a lot more range as an actor than he gets credit for. Mm-hmm. I think my mom actually went to like a a stage production or something he did. Really? And apparently, he was riotous. Like he was great, and he was all over the place doing all sorts of different. He was pushing all sorts of emotional buttons in it.
1: I go Randy Quaid over Dennis Quaid nine times out of ten. Dennis is just baseball dad. He just
0: sucks, man. No, I I mean, really, he's just like default baseball dad. He's handsome. If you need need regular American dad, like, just cast him, and you'll be be satisfied with his performance. You won't be blown away, but you'll be happy with it. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to be blown
1: away. (laughs) I think, like, frequency might be, like, the best... Where he's example, talking like he's from Boston the whole time. He's trying. I'm a Boston to talk. fire department guy. Uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> he's just trying, and he's he's a dad in that. Um, Enemy Mine, though, I got to give him that. He was pretty cool in that.
1: Mm. And Which one Dragon was
0: that? Heart. Dragon Heart holds a special place in my heart because I'm mm. I was born in '87, so of course Dragon Heart's special to me. <laughs> You're riding solo on that one. <laughs> um but yeah there's a funny gag here where uh randy quaid comes out he greets them he's a little creepy um and julie is trying to <laughs> be the the activist like the uh the more enlightened member of the group. yes so she she's saying like oh you know people need to learn to appreciate freaks because you know like they're not actually freaks they're people just like you and me and she's they they know what they're doing here when they wrote this scene they knew what they're doing yeah. and uh if I remember right, she like holds out her arm at one point and this fake butterfly just like flutters onto her finger and and there's like Disney esque like Bambi music or something playing to like kind of hammer home her point. But then she's startled and she like covers her mouth and she accidentally puts the butterfly in her mouth. It's like it's just a cute little like continuity gag where it's like, Oh yeah, she did still have that butterfly on her hand. Um and i do like what they're setting up here though where she's talking about how you know freaks are people too and then Quaid's like what the fuck are you talking yeah he's about? like <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about and then it's a couple of great. scenes later um you know she starts to have to she has the mirror held up to herself and it's a little, it doesn't quite work out for a little bit there um there's also another fun gag here where stinky keeps having his shit taken by some guy who's about twenty feet off to the right or whatever, and this it's the Toad really, Man.
1: This guy doesn't really pay off. He doesn't really do anything in this movie. He's just yeah. kind of there.
0: He's just kind of there. He's like the muscle for for Randy Quaid, uh, Elijah G. Scuggs, I think is his name. Um, but yeah, th- there's just this gag where Stinky keeps like pulling out candy bars and stuff, and before he can put them in his mouth, they keep getting snatched away because the Toad Man keeps grabbing them with his tongue. Yeah. And he's got he's got that like Debo way about him where it's like. What candy bar? <laughs> what I chain? About, I got about two hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. What two hundred dollars? What bike? <laughs>
1: That's my bike, punk. Uh,
0: <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, and then was this an early, early CGI shot? oh uh,
1: yeah it was yeah i was gonna mention that yeah uh, when the toad man eats the rabbit it's amazing yeah i <laughs> was, was like that was pretty fucking good yeah, i was <laughs> shocked i'm like that just happened i kind of just made like a little like a mental note i'm like remember to bring up the toad part where he yeah he eats the bunny it's pretty good um yeah they they lead them into impending doom uh, immediately, they take him into this barn. He's like, oh, the attraction's not going on until tomorrow night, but I might be able to rustle up something special for you tonight, a.k.a. I'm going to make a lampshade out of you. Um, takes him into the other room, and immediately they're strapped down to Gurney's. <laughs> it's, Just,
0: it's actually, they do that same gag they did with the airplane landing.
1: And yeah. again, I appreciate
0: it, where yeah. we, we follow them into some darkened room. We hear sinister laughter from Randy Quaid. And then it cuts to him, and he's reading a newspaper, and he comments about, uh, like, oh, the family circus always cuts me up. And then we cut to the opposite angle, and they're all strapped to tables. It's like, oh, like, you're you're relieved for, like, a second? It's like, oh, he was laughing in a sinister fashion at the fucking family circus, of all things. (laughs) And then you cut to the opposite angle, though, and it's like, oh! They are in trouble. Never mind.
1: So yeah, they have a he he explains to them, he's like, Yeah, I, I showcase freaks here, but I also make freaks and he reveals his really awesome uh, freak machine oh uh, it's amazing it's pretty good it's it uh, looks pretty, like
0: the the dip machine from roger rabbit
1: it looks but it's it's legit like it's a, they they spend some time on it and it's got all kinds of uh gizmos and gadgets and uh alex winter's character figures out like hey this is all the stuff like I know ees this is all ees stuff and this isn't your stuff um mm-hmm and uh it kind of reminded me of uh, turbo kid where it has all this like all these with like uh, he's got a laptop uh hooked up to it and he's he's just going through file okay let's uh, let's merge these two like it, it's kind of funny the the laptop yeah,
0: the, the computer screen of his machine is pretty
1: cute where it's,
0: yeah. it, i'm sure there's a lot of easter eggs in there um, i'm sure whenever you have like really cluttered like uh Terry Gilliam esque production design like this. I'm sure that the people who design these things like doing that, like slipping in like little sight gags and Easter eggs. Because like, I've always joked that um cheap Japanese sci-fi movies of a certain era, the production design was crafted via hot glue gun, because <laughs> it basically just looks like someone went to a junkyard and hot glued a bunch of shit together in an artful manner. Yeah. Um, and in cases like this i know like um team america apparently if you if you really pay attention they slip in a lot of everyday objects uh, as like an indication of the scale of the miniatures that they're working with because say what you will about that movie some of the miniatures in that are actually quite good
1: the movie was uh, awesome when it came out uh my i don't think my brother and i have ever laughed so hard at the Dick's pussies and assholes bit. It's just, it's just great. If you haven't watched it, it probably doesn't hold up, but it's, it was no, funny. I,
0: I, think, I think it's enjoyable at the very least. Some of the references might go right yeah, over his right head, but you know, I enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, uh, he gets right fucking to it. Uh, yeah, so immediately. Yeah, using this uh, Zygrot Twenty Four chemical, the very chemical that uh, Ricky Coogan was supposed to be promoting, uh, he just goes right fucking to it and puts chemicals on both Julie and Stinky, and they turn into stop-motion fucking madness. Yeah. This was this was
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> like, I was, I was thrilled to see this. Um, so they turned into just like a, a literal, like, clay ball of shit. Yeah. And we get some, like, references to other great stop-motion works. Like, at one point... Clash of the, the Titans. A, uh, no actually. Um, it's a uh, the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, I think. It's one of the It's one of. It's one of the Sinbad movies. It's a uh, Ray Harryhausen. It's the Cyclops.
1: Um, Are you sure there wasn't one from Clash of the Titans in there? Because they do. There's two different creatures, and then Gumby, of course.
0: Ah, huh. um, there may have been one from Clash of the Titans. It happened pretty quick. Yeah. I wouldn't was... be surprised if they had like a crack the Kraken in there from Clash of the Titans. Hmm. I don't think they had Medusa, but. Oh. anyway it's a reference to ray harryhausen who is a titan of the industry when it comes to stop motion, stop motion yeah uh and again the the style of stop motion and styles matter uh, big time in stop motion animation it really did remind me of that fucking michael jackson moonwalker movie where he's not- dancing with his his rabbit self you, have you seen moonwalker
1: no, see I watched uh Leaving Nether- Neverland um, oh. parts 1 and 2. Oh, so, so I we, we don't not, we don't talk about him anymore. I'm not doing anything Michael Jackson related anymore. I'm sorry. Okay, we don't we don't talk about Michael Jackson. Yeah, hey. he's uh he's off the radar now.
0: Okay. Uh, so Julie and uh Stanky merge into one. So they become like conjoined yeah. twins yeah. right yeah, down conjoined the middle. Twins. Yeah. <laughs> uh and then next up is Ricky Alex Winter. And
1: I, uh, I think he passes out like mid transformation, or did we get this all on so screen? So we we, um, at this point, I was like, okay, I know what's happening next. I kind of I was t- uh, taking notes here. Um, my note here was pretty sure Randy Quaid was paid in booze. Uh, this this scene here, um, he. He tells him, he's like, I got something really something special for you. We don't actually get the reveal of him until the next day, I believe. That's what I thought. Yeah, um, yeah. So he does something to him, and he passes out. And uh, it's the it looks like the next day. Uh, Randy Quaid's on the phone with the laughing man, which I kind of thought was funny. He's talking to a guy on the phone, and he's like, "Laughing man," and the guy's just communicating and laughs, uh, sinister laughs or hysterical laughs. He's like, "Listen, I've got I've got this freak halfway made, and he's gonna be amazing." But I'm gonna need a little bit something extra to finish him off. Um, which will eventually be the climax of the movie. But for now, uh I think he uh we get the Alex Winter Reveal.
0: Uh Yeah. Uh it's very Bright of Frankenstein esque, where like the table comes up and he goes bah! and then his forehead squirts Oh
1: it's, it's it's disgusting. It's really gross. Uh,
0: so, so if you haven't seen what Alex Winter's makeup looks like in this film, uh, you're kind of missing out. Cause he
1: looked, he, uh, it took me a minute to figure out what he looked like. He mentions later that he would uh, be cast in Gremlins 3 or something. but uh, Absolutely. He looks like half of um, uh, Bill Paxton's character in Weird Science. Do you remember when he, she turns him into that, that gross thing at the end? This is the second time you've we, this Weird Science movie has been
0: brought up. I've never actually seen it. Oh, wow. wow. I know what that looks like because I exist in the 21st century and have access to the internet. Um, but no, I've seen the, funny enough, I've seen the Weird Science TV show on yeah, like who, T- yeah, TNT so or I. TBS or whatever. I'll never get uh, any with a head this big. Yeah, I remember I it. mean, as a very young teenager, that was a
1: very important TV show for me <laughs> for various um, reasons. Great, but, great no, Bill Paxton and um, some, not much Robert Downey Jr., But some pretty funny Robert Downey Jr. in there. Very little, though. Yeah. Um, Besides Uh, some of the racial stuff in there, it still holds up. It's still a fun movie.
0: It was the 80s, you know. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. It was a
1: little different. It's Um, actually, for the 80s, it's pretty mild. (laughs) Okay. I
0: I mean, I I would fairly like to see it because, you know, screwball comedy from the 80s with Makeup effects and Robert Downey Jr. and Bill Paxton? Fuck yes.
1: Well, I mean, we could always do a Paxton month. I've wanted to see Frailty. I never I never actually watched that movie.
0: Uh, near Dark. Um, it let me down big time. I was really wanting it to be great, but I've been wanting to do an Eric Redd uh, series for the show at some point. I have no idea who that is. Well, I'll tell you about him at some point. Okay. But um, Have you seen Slither? No. God damn it. <laughs> uh, Alex Winter's makeup in this really reminded me of I think it's the the Edgar monster. Um you God damn it Kyle you're okay, going to well, make let, me re, you're you're going to make me rewatch Slither because Possibly. So the the thing about Slither, it's a James Gunn film. Uh, it has Michael Rooker in it. Uh, you know, Yondu from the Guardians of the Galaxy, the guy ga- the blue guy with the yeah, yeah, I know Rooker, yeah. Um and Nathan Fillion. and it's very good. Really? It's very good. But it has some images in there that, to this day, I still can't fucking push out of my brain. Really? it, it It's not. It's just icky. It's not horrifying. It's just fucking icky. Uh, and uh, actually, part of the plot reminds me a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, uh, at least the villain's uh, ambitions. Um, anyway, you ought to see it because I mm. think you'd really enjoy it. Because I, I know you like a lot of the components of it, um, but god damn it, if I have to rewatch that, I know like I'm just
1: gonna be like, god damn, it, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> well, there, I've got Ben Hur on my list, 1959. Uh, whenever I have three and a half hours to spend, I, I'm gonna get to that. But um, so yeah, Alex Winter's makeup, um, the design aside, had to have been agony to be in because it looks awful. His
0: his lips and his gums
1: his gums must let's hurt let's put it this way he's moving his mouth and there's mm. drool I think some of it's his drool I'm sure that there's makeup I mean there's still like some kind of uh, goo that they're putting in there but all of his lines are ADR like he all can't he it's, cannot it's,
0: talk it's a shame because that, that actually started to bother me uh, yeah the ADR oh I understood it's unfortunate because it it looks good, but yeah, you can tell he can't get a word out.
1: I can deal with ADR as long as it's un- I, I can understand why it's there. Like, Weekend at Bernie's, most of that movie's ADR, and I don't know why. It just doesn't make any sense. It didn't need uh, to it's be. It's
0: usually a sign of incompetent filmmaking. Well, <laughs> if you've
1: seen that movie, you'd understand. Um, um, well, um, if
0: you've ever seen a fucking Steven Seagal movie <laughs> post-1990s. Post, post Wait, um,
1: I, I was going to say America Steven Seagal or no, wherever the Eastern fuck Eastern European Steven Seagal. <laughs> Um, Wherever they yeah, smoke, still. Uh, pretty much any old.
0: of his movies where they start filming him from the back. <laughs> <laughs> you can't start with my front; it'll scare the shit out of you. <laughs> no, it's because we can't match the mouth movements with the very likely not native English
1: speaker who's dubbing him. <laughs> no, 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 it's not fat. I've got five pillows under my under my shirt. <laughs> so yeah, he uh, his his design looks it's. Pretty bad. He's uh, he kind of he says he looks like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. He calls himself Quasimodo at one point. Um, well, he's an
0: actor. I'm I'm sure in his mind, like he was maybe channeling some of those those old performances because Hunchback of Notre Dame is you know has a very storied history in film.
1: Do you think he made it out of the fire? No. <laughs> <laughs> too soon. No. I'm sorry. Too too um, soon. Too, too soon. soon, Kyle. Sorry. Um. So yeah, he. Uh, there's another little funny gag here, Randy Quaid's explaining to him, like, you're gonna be my next attraction or whatever, and uh, he takes him to, he's like, here's your quarters and he he takes him over to what looks like an outhouse, and he Throws him in there, and it's it's like uh, Snoopy's doghouse. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a mansion barn. <laughs> and he's like, excellent use of space. He's like, yeah. And this is where the naked gun again, the Bob yeah. Vila. It's a fake Bob Vila j- go- joke. He's like, oh, I showed him how to do it, whatever. And uh, he shuts him in there, and he has a funny line of like, I really got to turn this into a shitter or something like that. <laughs> I got to put an outhouse in here. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Um, I actually liked when uh, he strikes Bob Veal in the head with yeah. a hammer. That made yeah. me laugh. That was it's good. slapstick, you know. It's fun. Um,
1: but the puke fountains here—the <laughs> puke fountains were good. You did. The puke fountains were great. Thank you. I appreciate the puke fountains. He yeah. meets... well-executed
0: puke fountains.
1: Uh, Megan Ward and Ernie uh, show back up, and they're talking, and they're like, "You probably don't look that bad." Now they haven't seen him yet. He's still actually. I don't think. Oh yeah, we've seen him. No, we haven't seen him yet, have we? Because this have. is where we get the... Re- no, this is where we get the reveal. Somehow, no. I don't think... Maybe I didn't. Maybe I wasn't paying attention.
0: No, I have the, here in my notes here, reveal of freaked Winters is nasty. His head, his forehead squirts. Yeah, stuff. okay, you're right. And then a couple of notes later is the puke
1: fountains. So <laughs> yeah, they they like, come out of the shadows. You don't look that bad. And he comes out of the, the, the shadows, and they both have the, the puke. Oh, the,
0: t- the timing. I mean, comedy is so much just timing. And a
1: stinky immediately just goes, just
0: immediately yeah it's a great puke phone in fact he does it more than once but what really is the cherry on top is that julie the girl who's attached to stinky they're they're one now um, she starts to like go back to what she was saying before they got freaked about how like oh you know freaks are people too it's like beauty's only skin deep and like
1: mid sentence she like yeah. <laughs> and i was like yeah that's pretty great so <laughs> um I- and then in comes Keanu month. Um, Keanu uh, yeah. is playing a, a werewolf with a, some kind of um, accent. It kind of goes from Mexican-ish. Uh, it kind of teeters on off and on. Um, he, yeah, he says that he's, I mean, the, he's <laughs> the leader of the freaks, basically. Um, and we get, we get to meet the rest of our freaks, actually.
0: Yeah, Keanu is playing Ortiz, the dog boy. Ortiz, the dog boy. Yeah. Ortiz, the dog boy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, his accent kind of goes in and out. Got a puss in
1: boots kind of sound to him. Yeah.
0: A little bit, but you know, Antonio, uh, in terms yeah. of... I was really shocked, actually, to hear that Keanu is in Toy Story 4. Oh! I was
1: like, as a voice actor? No, really? I would, yeah. I think about it. He, if he wants to do a funny voice, I think he could do it. Just... Let him try to do a British accent as one He's of the toys. He's playing a
0: Canadian stuntman toy, apparently.
1: I like it. I'm fine with it. I don't know what the fuck that means, but um, I'll allow it.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I actually watched a documentary about Toshiro Mifune that he narrated, and that's that's actually the funny thing about like audio recording, like just like straight up narration or voiceover as opposed to like acting on film is you always sound different, mm-hmm. and it, I was like. That doesn't sound like Keanu at all, but like his name was front and center in the credits. It's kind of nuts.
1: Well, I got to think of like Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Johnny Utah, and you just got it. but he's also been like a cultural icon for his voice. Like he's just been made fun of. He's one of the bags of uh, impressions that comedians have. Is the Keanu, you know? And yeah. It's just I him mean, from point, Bill and Ted. point
0: Break is probably the go-to, but I mean,
1: Trevor I didn't take- like Point Break, by the way. You you chastise him. <laughs> Comment section. <laughs> Let him right now. Fucking have it.
0: But like, I think Dracula, Bram <laughs> Stoker's Dracula. Best. That like, I think it takes a special talent to imitate that though, because there's no, so no, no. many layers. You can't to do it. it. You can, you can't it do I it. don't
1: think it can be done. If if there's a comedian out there who can do Keanu Reeves doing an English accent, I would love to hear it. <laughs> <me over. laughs> take it's take your shot. Um, oh, no, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah, it can't be done. Yeah, so um, we're introduced to the rest of the freaks um, by uh, Hollywood Squares, which I don't know if you watched Hollywood Squares when you were younger. We, my brother and I watched the hell out of it. Oh, uh,
0: I, I was always familiar with it, but I don't think I ever really watched it, no.
1: Bruce Valanche was a big one on there. Whoopi. Whoopi was crushing it on Hollywood Squares. She was the best. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we used to watch Hollywood Squares. But yeah we meet uh, I didn't write them all down, but I wrote down a couple of noteworthy ones. Um, the guy the the worm there's a dude that's been turned into a giant worm who is little monsters terrifying. Uh, I thought he was creepy as hell. yeah um, yeah uh, uh, absolutely. was of... <laughs> in <laughs> um, <clears throat> and he was doing the little sock song that was creepy um <laughs> uh, it was really great uh <laughs> yeah, he was he was very good <laughs> yeah, the, the, he's just uh it's just a it's literally just a sock uh puppet as a it's head. a
0: sock it's a sock puppet with like googly eyes <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um coming out of a human body so uh, it's so i'm guessing it was a guy with like a Think Goro from Mortal Kombat, like an extended torso.
1: Yeah, an extended torso. Um, the guy who plays the short, the short, fat, bald, uh, pirate from the Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, he's he's uh partnered with the tall, skinny guy who, I don't know what their names were. Um, he his, plays the fart guy.
0: The character's name, uh, the actor's name is Lee Arenberg. Uh He was on Seinfeld. That's where I knew him from first. But yeah, he was in most of the Pirates movies. I don't know about all of them because I didn't watch all of them. I think uh, they're all I think they're He all was he was the guy that called Jerry a phony. Yeah. Um, he was like angry, like angrier George Costanza. but um he in terms of visual gags, I'm sorry, but he made me laugh. Yeah. He's kind um, of funny. He's in the background of a lot of shots and he's just I think the the his freak show name is The Eternal Flame or something. Mhm. And it's just <laughs> it's just a guy with like an old-timey like 1940s style football helmet with just a jet of flame continually coming out of his ass. Yeah. Like, and it's so amazing because, like, in crowd scenes, like, we we see him in the background, and there's, like, a sound effect that plays for the flame and the uh, the fart noise, and nobody pays him any mind. He's just there. And I don't know why, but that's just so funny to me.
1: <laughs> uh, we have Toad, which I didn't understand. It didn't make no sense to me. Um, Nosey, which is a giant nose.
0: Um, he has he has one great moment in this movie, and it comes towards the end. Suck my dick. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> that was, that was uh, pretty, it's pretty so fucking funny. great. <laughs> uh,
1: John Hawks, uh, I don't know if you know who he is, but he plays the cowboy, which is a cow. I remember, th- for some reason, this cow thing looked very familiar. I feel like I must have seen uh, pieces of this movie before because I recognize this cow thing. Um, oh. But he is, um, he's in a lot of stuff. Uh, American Gangster, he's a big. Uh, big character actor um winter's bone he's in three bill oh he's the piece of shit dad from three billboards um tall skinny guy um he's in a lot of stuff he's great no uh he's just doing the voice of this person Uh, (laughs) and i think our number one we also have rosie the pinhead which is a really creepy weird thing um yeah and then we have the bearded lady played by done really well mr t this is pretty
0: impressive for its day. Um, I mean, this
1: is like Wesley Snipes as uh, as a um, drag queen in Two Wong Fu. Yeah, You're like, yeah, wow, like he's actually doing this.
0: Yeah, the, the explanation as to why this is well executed comes a little bit later, but when we get to it, I was pretty like impressed. Actually, mm-hmm. I was like, dang, they really went for it. That's kind of cool. But yeah, um, Mr. T, apparently, like it, looking at the poster for this movie, he made the poster. <laughs> it's like I mean, he has. A handful of lines in this movie, but I guess you have to try to sell it somehow, anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah,
1: um, I I have Hollywood Squares, Bobcat, and, <laughs> um, and then at this point, um, I was taking less notes because I'm like, all right, I'm kind of just gonna have to go along for the ride now because we're we're in it. Um, well, so- you
0: need to remember that the energy for this movie is very much that of a cartoon. It moves fast. yeah it it bounces around a lot and we go from alex winter like moping and this is where the i hope my i wonder if my casting agent is like on the case for gremlins three is the way he looks yeah he's still thinking about like coming back to the world he's not he's not living in the moment but no um at this point uh the freaks start to tell him their story of how they came to be and this this whole sequence it's like a series of like flashbacks yeah um done through like sepia tone and stuff uh, some of them were pretty fucking funny um, so the worm man uh he tells a story he was apparently like a scientist or something looking for a, a rare worm he came across the freak show randy quaid lied to him and said oh i have it i just have your ultra rare worm species in my tent over here <laughs> and then he he turned him into a giant worm and uh, the takeaway here is Worm Man tells Alex Winter, "I'd sell my soul just to be able to wipe my own ass." Yeah. And uh, <laughs> this this is actually a running gag, believe it or not. And they do make some pretty good use of it. Um, Bobcat tells his story, and we get a couple of seconds of Bobcat um, in the flesh, like yeah. as himself. Uh, I'm always glad to see him. I, I wonder what he's got next in terms of like films, because uh, that. World's Greatest Dad was pretty good, and I heard that Bigfoot movie was was also pretty good too. I
1: watched I watched the Bigfoot movie Willow Creek. It's okay. Um, It's I was expecting a little bit more. Uh, It's very bottom heavy. Like it's really near the end where it gets okay. Uh, Like bone bone tomahawk style. No, it's more like Blair Witch Project, not Blair. More like Blair Witch Project, where it doesn't really have that. um, It doesn't build really well. Blair Witch Project does build really well, and I think that's one of the best independent horror movies, uh, especially at the time. Um, and it still holds up, but yeah, Willow Creek was okay. Um, I like the idea. It was a really good idea. I think it just could have been a little bit scarier. Um, gotcha. It, it ends pretty decent, though. Um, but yeah, I'm curious as what well, he might come out with next. I need to look more into his filmography, because he's an interesting fellow.
0: He is. Yeah. Um- his retelling of his tale, though, also made me chuckle. Uh, So we get like a flashback and it's again in like a sepia tone and it's him meeting with Randy Quaid in front of the tent and he's like, I was just a tourist looking for some fun (laughs) and then Elijah turned me into a sock and then everybody's just staring at him like, is there more to the story? And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just not good with stories. I'm not good with stories. (laughs) It's like, oh, it reminded like it reminded me of batman the animated series i don't remember if you've recalled this episode but it's called i think almost got him Mm-mm. it's widely regarded as maybe the best episode of that show and it's just all the, the the rogues gallery like uh sitting around a poker table and they're all making bets and telling stories of when they almost killed the batman and uh Killer Croc, his contribution. Everybody else gets like a fully animated flashback of them fighting Batman and stuff. The Killer Croc, when it's time to tell his story, he's just like, I threw a rock at him. And everybody's like, Is that it? That is not, <laughs> yeah, I'm not much of a story. And he's like, It was a big rock. <laughs> <laughs> but then Mr. T tells his story of how he became the Bearded Lady. And if I remember right, it's just Mr. T, as you would expect Mr. T to look. He pulls up in a truck and he starts the story by saying, like, I was uncomfortable in my own skin, like riding, riding around, like on the, the highways and stuff as a truck driver. And then he meets Randy Quaid and he tells him, you know, you'd be better off without a dick. <laughs> and then, they, then they embrace. And then Mr. T says, now I'm a woman. Now I like, now I like me. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> it's like Wait, that.
1: A little bit ahead of its time, I feel, but uh, probably wouldn't be met with the same... It might be met yeah. with a little bit of criticism so, nowadays. So, but. yeah, you,
0: you have this this guy whose genders are kind of flipped up now, but he's like, this is actually what he was looking for in the first place. And, yeah. and he's very happy with himself, finally, because I guess he wasn't before. But now I'm a woman. Now I like me. <laughs> but, the, <laughs> I mean, as as progressive as that is, that line... Right before, though, you know, you'd be better off without a dick. A yeah. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> little, little on the nose there, Alex. Ware. Yeah, it, it, it's a little lewd, but it's still pretty fucking funny. Can, and then we, there is oh, a. I I just want to say there is a great gag here because uh, the way all these stories have been playing out is we keep like turning the camera a little bit, just like panning over a little bit to each of the people sitting like just to the left of the next person. And then we cut to a flashback of Randy Quaid going to a hardware store and he, (laughs) he takes a wrench off, off the rack at a hardware store and he starts laughing maniacally at it. And then we cut to like a shot of his, his laboratory or whatever. And there's like a thunderclap and, then we cut to like a hammer that's on the ground and everybody's staring at it. It's like, oh man, that's heavy. <laughs> so, so basically, like, basically a, a wrench got turned into a hammer, and it's it's absolutely absurd. But it made me laugh. I'm not describing it very well. You had to have been there.
1: <laughs> you had to have been there. <laughs> uh, can we get to the actual um, expo of the of the freaks? Their actual show. Uh. <clears throat>
0: Yeah, there's some shenanigans here where uh at all the only reason we need to get into it, and I'm not going to go into detail, but basically Rick develops a uh, psychic connection with Stewie, of all people, uh, in the form of, like, a force ghost that appears. Oh, uh, yeah. So, to to steal your expression, put a pin in that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, now we get to the, the freak show.
1: <laughs> yeah uh and it looks like um a donny brook is happening in a tent basically it's just all-out madness chaos uh with the audience um i laughed so hard there's a dude making out with a goat at one point you don't think that's funny oh my god the timing of it is just brilliant it's so funny yeah um, it's pretty fucking funny but yeah so we're getting the uh we're getting the freaks showcasing their talents um the pinhead lady, hers was really funny. Uh, I think Galaxy Quest might have stolen that gag. Um, if you remember, if you remember the the lady, like oh her transmitters broken. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember the other ones very well, but I wanted to m- mention Mr. T's. Uh, Mr. T is showing the crowd like. The rest of the gags are all kind of funny off the wall. People are making noises and, like...
0: like it's like vaudeville kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: like, it's like, yeah. I was thinking, yeah, I, I, Eraserhead kept popping. Like, when Pinhead came out uh, on the stage, the Eraserhead um, lady... Have you, did you watch Lady. Yeah, yeah, of course. The lady everything in the radiator. In heaven. Is in heaven. Fine. Yeah. Everything's uh, fine, yeah. But the, uh, Mr. T is showing the crowd how to apply makeup and it's really funny. Like he's just like, Oh, and you know what? You just have fun. <laughs> just
0: have yeah. Fun he's, he's it. like being very sincere and then it cuts the crowd in this, in all these sequences is pretty fun. Cause we, we actually, it's very like airplane ask or Zucker brothers ask where we, he's doing this exhibition of makeup techniques and stuff. And we cut to like a guy in the crowd, like, like taking notes, like, yeah. hurriedly taking notes. Um,
1: um. But yeah, Alex Winter <laughs> decides to go against what he's supposed to do, which I'm not sure what he was supposed to do, uh, and he decides to do Shakespeare.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, at the urgings of the Worm Man. and yes. This also this uh, this also made me laugh. Um, so the Worm Man, like, Alex Winter's freaking out because he has not come to terms with his situation. He's still kind of delusional. Um, and he doesn't want to do what he's being asked to do, you know, parade around as a freak. And the Worm Man's, like, trying to explain to him, like, classic Disney kind of shit like be yourself like just yeah. channel your your you know inner self or whatever and show it to the world and be proud of it and classic then, Disney contemporary Disney go ahead sorry <laughs> um Alex Winter is like thanks Worm Man though I really appreciate the pep talk and Worm Man's like good I'm, I'm glad you appreciate that now could you wipe my ass please and he's like no yeah. <laughs> and then he goes on the stage and then I think he looks over to uh nosy or whatever i think it's nosy yeah and and he like very blatantly like gives him just a compliment of some sort so you can see this is a constant thing that's on his mind like he's just looking for someone to wipe his ass yeah and and he uses flattery to get it and apparently no one actually
1: falls for it yeah i would never do that worm guy sorry yeah
0: and so um alex winter comes out on the stage and uh he delivers some shakespeare um, now is the winter of our discontent. Uh, I can't recall what play that's from.
1: Couldn't uh, care less, man. Yeah.
0: yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, it's, I, I know it's Shakespeare. Oh, Richard Third is the play it comes from. Um, I heard this many times in school. Uh, sorry, Rafe. Shakespeare it. sucks. Oh, have you seen a Coriolanus, by the nope, way? No, of course not. Uh, I watched it because Rafe Fiennes directed it. Interesting. And uh, it features a knife fight between him and Gerard Butler. <laughs> eh. um, it's a little-known Shakespeare play. I didn't know it, uh, but you can tell—you know why he directed it as soon as as soon as you start seeing him do his role, because this role is perfect for him. Like gotcha. you can tell, this is one a situation where it's like nobody's going to do this but me, so I need to do it, <laughs> gotcha. even though nobody's going to watch it. Uh, nobody did. Uh, anyway, uh, Alex Winter goes out on the stage. Uh, he delivers some Shakespeare. Um, fun fourth wall gag here, where we like pan over to a guy in the in the crowd who gets like an on-screen title. He's uh, oh yeah a British like theater professor of some sort, and he like looks directly into the cameras, like explains to us like, just so you know, for all the idiots out there, uh, we're gonna turn on the subtitles to translate the Shakespearean text for you um i think they. i think he calls it he refers to it as the culturally illiterate (laughs) (laughs) subtitles for the culturally illiterate and uh some of the some of the subtitles are pretty great because it basically takes like an entire stanza of something from the shakespearean script and turns it into just like one or two words just like i'm horny or something like that yeah um and then uh he he gets a wild applause from the crowd and then uh an ees fella a suit shows up and he's super excited because he's like oh like this whole time actually he's been in captivity he's been believing that the ees guys are going to show up to bail him out because they're going to want to protect their investment or something Uh, so he runs through the crowd to the ees guy and uh we get a a very carry esque like, they're all going to laugh at you kind of moment. Yeah. <laughs>
1: they, all, they all do laugh at him because um, he's like, you're going to save me or whatever. And uh, basically says, no, not going to do that. Um, he grabs a he grabs a glass or a, a flask of something or a glass of something, drinks it, and is just like, mm, like, I don't know what that was, but I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: He and, just, like, grabs it from a random hand in the crowd.
1: Yeah. And then uh, Alex Winter gets super mad at him. And rips his head off, and, and throw,
0: like, I think he drops it into the camera, and like, a fair splatters. amount of gore, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, um.
0: And then absolute chaos in the crowd again. Um, the, <laughs> some of the shit that if you're if you're paying attention happens here. It's just like, what the fuck is going on? No, I like was before, checking out at this point. I mean, like, before the freak show, there's a guy with an "I like Ike" sign. So yeah, I didn't get that. Now we see him again, and he's impaled like on his own sign, and there's oh. people getting trampled. The British professor guy gets trampled. It's mass hysteria.
1: Yeah, th- this um, is where I definitely stopped taking notes. I started <laughs> summing up the movie uh, until we yeah, get to so, the end.
0: So at this point, uh, Alex Winter is once again not terribly happy with his situation. Uh, they're back in the barn, all the freaks. Um, and Ortiz, the dog boy, has an escape plan. Um, <laughs> out of context, but I have a quote here: "Crud sucking puss monkeys," which I think was like a sequ- It was they're playing a uh, what Wheel of Fortune or something in the yeah. barn, and that was the that was the phrase. Um, there's also a cute sight gag here where Ortiz is scratching himself on his chin with his foot. Yeah, that so was just. Like they it, kept doing it, that. <laughs> it was pretty fucking stupid. I kept catching that. I'm like, that's dumb. Okay, I get what you're doing. So Ortiz doesn't like uh, Ricky Coogan. No, uh, he just decides he doesn't like him, and he doesn't want to include him in the escape plan because he's like he's gonna fuck it up. He's not one of us. He just he is like vehemently against the idea of being a freak. Whereas I'm kind of like come to terms with it. Um, so Alex Winter's like fuck it, I'm gonna come up with my own escape plan. So he goes to like the equivalent of like a doggy door in the barn, and there's a milkman
1: just outside. In South America. I'm assuming we're supposed to be someplace in South America. We're in San Fernando Valley. Um, but we're supposed to be in, uh, in uh, South America. And there's a white milkman delivering milk, uh, who's also the other writer slash director of the movie. Oh, okay. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, Alex Winter's like, hey, man, come over here. Uh, nope, not going to do that. And uh, the milkman's like, oh, what you got? And he's like, I... This is so, this was really gross, and I thought, this This is why I was checking out, because I'm like, okay, I see where we're going from here. He's like, I, I just took a dump, and it looks like Kim Basinger, and he's like, big deal, naked. He's like, well, I gotta check that out. <laughs> so um, basically, Alex Winter tricks him with a giant shit, and uh, he gets his uniform and uh, is trying to escape, and here we have naked gun-esque gags where he's like, I'm going to steal this. Oh, it's locked or whatever. I'm going to steal this car. Oh, can't do that. I'm going to steal this boat. I'm going to steal this bike. Anyway, um, but he... The
0: the follow-up on that line, by the way, is pretty good. (laughs) What's that? <laughs> the milkman comes over and he says, "Ah, oh, that's just a regular turd. It looks kind of <laughs> like Winona Ryder, but <laughs> uh, he's <laughs> he not imp- he's not Heather. impressed."
1: Alex Winter must have been uh, he must have been up for a part in the movie Heather's because we bashed on Christian Slater and Winona Ryder in the same movie. Just saying, you wouldn't be
0: surprised. Wouldn't be surprised.
1: Alex Winter, you would have not been good in that role anyway. So yeah, uh, I got a kick out of this. Uh, the he, <laughs> so apparently. Ortiz's escape plan is the same as his, so he comes up, and all the freaks are in milkman uniforms uh, with their cases of milk, and uh, they have an exchange here. And Randy Quaid, Randall Quaid, is looking out the window, and he's like, "That's too many milkmen." <laughs> no wonder they fight all the time. No, he has
0: some. He has some pretty fucking funny lines here, like, it's... like subtle. Lines because, yeah. like, he, he's playing very broad, but he has some subtle gags in here that yeah. really work. And that's one of them where he's just like looking out the window and he's like, that That's, too many way, milk. Too many milk, that's man. way too many milkmen. Like, way too many But no wonder they fight.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, Ortiz and uh, Keanu and Alex Winter. Are, uh, Ortiz pulls out a switchblade and uh, uh, Alex Winter pulls out his raptor claw, basically. And uh, they're going to have a knife fight here. And uh, uh, the wolf kianu's distracted by a squirrel and he basically takes off running and then we learn oh we forgot about the eyeballs yeah the um, rasta far eye the yeah again like I'm, I'm gonna try to get back into this and then uh, the big the big head we were talking about uh apparently the two eyeballs in there are two Rasta security teams it's two eyeballs anatomically correct like it was or not anatomically correct just, that's not the word uh they, yeah, it looks like two eyeballs were pulled out of somebody's skull. Not as gross though. And
0: They're about three feet tall and Wielding absolutely machine. hideous. Yeah, um, some of the guns. some of the details here, and I don't know if it's animatronic or like a, a puppet from the inside, but the the pupil, yeah, and and the iris on these things, it's like pulsating and, and like yeah. it's it's hideous. It's pretty gross. It's, abso- it's absolutely hideous.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So but yeah, they have guns.
0: They got guns, and they they sound like chipmunks put through a through a roster record
1: <laughs> yeah i was not, not happy about it but they chase him off with machine guns yeah and... so ortiz exits the film for a while yeah <laughs> um, uh, and then I, I believe he gets uh, alex winter gets
0: captured at this point and yeah he and, he and randy quaid have a conversation and there's a couple of gags here they're pretty fun um there's a reference to jake and the fat man it was a tv show not sure if you remember it but yeah. <laughs> um anyway i uh, the takeaway from this scene though is that uh ricky is clued in on some more details about the laughing man here uh because <laughs> i did like that that gag where all the freaks are dressed as the milkman it's like oh wow, well, what a coincidence we're all at we're somehow stealing each other's plans here it was funny yeah um and you were, believe... not <laughs> really were not expecting <laughs> you that yeah you really were not expecting that but um i believe we end up back in the the barn again
1: yeah um, and we're coming up with our new plan i do believe yeah
0: we got a new plan and at, at this point uh we need a power ballad uh yeah it's montage. like montage it's it's a it's a montage of sorts of everybody like getting their shit together and like working out and like digging tunnels and stuff <laughs>
1: The music's um, bitching in this movie. I'm sorry the 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 music is fun. Like it's a
0: lot of the songs are really great. Um, the soundtrack though, like the score, really, really, really wants to be
1: Beetlejuice. Like it does. I noticed that. There's, really, this, there's one specific spot. I'm like, that's Beetlejuice. Like you, I think they pulled it from Beetlejuice at one point.
0: There's a couple of like piano moments where it's like very deep, like dun 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 dun. it's like yeah that's that's danny elfman like i mean it wasn't danny elfman but really 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 wanted do what he does (laughs) but um i believe the plan here is to sneak into the uh sneak into the laboratory where the the freak juice is stored uh and tweak the formula because the plan at this point and randy quaid told alex winter this that uh gonna complete his transformation into a freak and then because the crowd liked when he killed that EES guy uh, he's gonna have him kill all the other freaks on the stage at the next show and so now there's a ticking clock here where it's like oh shit we got to do something about that so the plan is to tweak the formula of the Zygrot 24 or whatever to make him like a controllable or like friendly freak as opposed to like a crazed monster freak uh, so Wormman uh, is Very important to this plan because they have to dig underground. So we get this really kind of cool shot from from the side. It's like, it looks like an ant farm almost. Mm -hmm. And so we we see Alex Winter and Stinky and Julie and the worm guy. And they're all like crawling in a tunnel underground. And then above ground, the toad man is sitting under a tree. And we get this random moment where he, he flicks out his tongue and eats a giant bird. Like a giant fucking bird. Yeah. And it's this really weird morphing effect that it. I'm guessing it's the same effect they used for when he ate the rabbit, but like watching this bird that's like three times his size just get sucked into his mouth just looks really weird and disturbing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, we do get to the laboratory. Uh, but before we do, there's like a random slideshow underground. That made no sense whatsoever. I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a reference to something else, but it Stinky, must... point, Stinky it... points out that his bar mitzvah photos are being screened underground, apparently.
1: It's really weird. I didn't know what to do with that.
0: Yeah. Anyway, we go in there, and we succeed in our plan, I believe. Um, but <laughs> there's a funny gag here where when they're in the laboratory. So when they're tweaking the machine. Um Alex Winter accidentally like tips a styrofoam cup. So you need to remember here that when, when he turns on the machine, it's incredibly noisy and he actually has to like do some do some tooling around with the machine to make it quiet. And then we cut back to Randy Quaid and he's just like sitting in his house and doesn't hear a damn thing. And then as they're trying to leave though, Alex Winter like knocks a styrofoam cup off of a off of the desk and it hits the ground. And then we cut back to Randy Quaid and he like whips his head around. And again, I laughed at this where he just like in, in a hundred percent serious he's just like styrofoam cup, <laughs> like, like just his delivery was pretty fucking funny. I can't quite explain it, but very cartoonish. Um, and then actually like another thing that made me laugh is when, so the tensions up now, cause he heard the cup fall and we're trying to escape. Before he gets back, before he gets to the laboratory, and when he's at the door, he's trying to he's trying to open the door, and he mumbles to himself, "Damn buttered popcorn." <laughs> it's like his fingers are greasy and he can't turn the handle. I was like, "That is very relatable." Yeah, <laughs> like, it's very I've relatable. I've been I've been there for sure. Um, and then we get back to the barn. Um, did you happen to notice like? I I was kind of upset because, like, this movie was actually pretty good about this up until now. But there's one shot in here where uh, Worm Man's legs are just, like, blatantly in the frame.
1: (laughs) No, I was pretty much kind of watching it at this point. I was, like, looking up like, yep, they're still talking. Yep, they're still talking. Yep, Okay.
0: Yeah, there's not much more movie left, but, um, no. yeah,
1: basically what happens is... I was waiting Alex for the Win- climax at this point. Alex
0: Winter, like, escapes from a collapsing tunnel underground. He comes back into the barn, and then everybody's like, Yay! Yeah. He didn't die! And then, uh, fucking <laughs> fucking Worm Man is, like, sitting in front of him, and you can blatantly see this guy's, like, legs. He's He's sitting. So, like, the Warm man costume, I guess, in most of the shots he was just sitting and he's wearing black pants. And it's like, yeah, those are his legs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird. Um, I think I think we skipped over uh, Bobcat buying it. He gets shot to death. Oh, yeah. That was pretty It's good. pretty, he, it's he pretty squibtastic.
1: Yeah, he's like, I he just, like, breaks, the sock man just breaks under the pressure. This was the scene that I showed Steph. I'm like, do you want to see? Because I was watching it on the laptop. And I'm like, do you want to see the crazy shit that I'm watching? and this was the scene and he's like talking with his hand uh basically and she's like is he just talking with his hand I'm like yeah and she's like what what's that in the background i'm like it, it it's too much i can't it's, it doesn't matter I don't <laughs> know how to explain this to you
0: uh, <laughs> uh, so at this point um ees shows up mm-hmm. because randy quaid is like Propositioning them like he has he has some business plans he wants to do he wants to present to them um so they show up there's a funny gag here where uh the board, the board of old white guys uh, is being like pulled out of a truck on like a pallet yeah. like with a forklift <laughs> so they're they're zombie people they're barely alive um and they have Stewie with them um, we forgot to mention what happened to Stewie uh, so when Ricky establishes his psychic link with Stewie. Uh, stewie's like oh i gotta do something to save ricky so he starts like campaigning around town trying to get the word out that ricky coogan is being held in santa flan by a, a freak show and we get yeah. this montage of him being thrown through windows. Yeah, he's
1: just getting drop kicked through uh, doors with glass, basically. They're, it's like, pretty great. Yeah. Uh,
0: eventually, he does get a newspaper to like print an article of some sort. But like, as soon as he exits the the office, uh, EES goons pick him up and throw him in the back of a Lincoln. Um, and so they actually have him uh, here at Freakland. and uh, they put him in a chicken cage. And actually, the uh, the note here I wrote was someone had to build those fake chickens because there's just like one shot of stewie being terrorized by these these two chickens that are like pecking at him. Hmm. and instead of like doing like a indiana jones like raiders of the lost ark effect where you know how they did the the cobra scene right no uh, they had like a pane of glass separating harrison ford from the cobra and oh, in fact okay. if if you attention really close and i'm sure in like hd or 4k or whatever this is much more obvious but like the story goes that if you're really looking close you can see like condensation on the glass from either the snake or harrison ford's breathing oh, okay so it's like you could have done something like that with like a couple of chickens and a boy uh but no somebody had to build those fake chickens yeah. <laughs> that were used for exactly one shot of a I shitty movie somebody wanted to build those fake chickens you might be right. Somebody, I'm sure, like somebody, like an understudy of some sort, was just like absolutely thrilled to be building fake chickens that day. Hey,
1: we got the money. We can pay. We can do it. It's no problem. We got
0: we got thirteen million dollars. We
1: got all kinds
0: of money to spend on this movie.
1: <laughs> it was like, oh wait, they pulled the funding. When yeah. when when did that happen? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what happens here. Again, I was pretty much just waiting for the climax. Uh, I knew this was all just kind of i wanted yeah. to see the finale at this point i'm like i don't know what's happening now
0: well you want to skip to the finale then
1: um there's I was like sh- what, what does what i something happens with the kid though when the board cut co- when uh yeah well, he he escapes it and we keep
0: cutting back and forth between stewie trying to escape and yeah. uh, randy quaid is delivering a presentation to the ees guys about he wants to build super mega freak world yes, which yes. is a pretty good sight gag because basically he has a, a little model of Freakland. And then he hasn't, he like pulls a, a sheet off of the other model, which is the exact same model, just upscaled, like twice as big. It's like, Oh, okay. Um, and he does use the phrase, we're going to kick Disney's dead ass. And it's like, Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, EES has plans to use Zygro 24 for some other, fo- f- some other stuff. Um, and then we get this really devious presentation from a guy who fuck I cannot recall his name or what else. Who is is Uh, this guy, Kyle? Because he's very
1: good at this. I swear I've
0: seen him do the exact same thing in something else.
1: I think he's in. I want to say he's in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I think he might be the um, oh the general guy, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Well, whoever this gentleman is, he's very good at this, and I swear I've seen him do it before, but basically he delivers a presentation about how they plan to genetically engineer better workers. Uh, so, like, by giving them more limbs, they can be more product productive by taking away their, their bladders and their reproductive organs will take away their urges and their needs to walk away from their desks like nightmare fuel kind of stuff that you know yeah. in 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 the future Gattaca world i could actually see happening at some point um and then we get a pretty cute line here where uh Randy Quaid asked Will, Billy Sadler like where did you get this guy he's amazing and he's like we lured him away from Pepsi. Yeah, we <laughs> lured like, him away from Pepsi was good. That's you know, pretty fucking good. But uh and then we cut to Alex Winter saying goodbye to all the freaks cuz he's like you know like might be the end of all of you not necessarily me but you know if things go bad I might end up killing y'all so he says his goodbyes to everybody and I was very disappointed that the eternal flame spoke I was like no you're not you're you're not supposed to have him talk just have have him in the background just continually flaming and farting because he made me laugh every time (laughs) but then he spoke and then nosy gets his one moment in the movie because Nosy has actually been, like, the one freak of, other than Ortiz who consistently disliked Alex Winter. And Alex Winter comes up to him, and he's like, Nosy. And he thinks about it, and he's like, I never really liked you. And Nosy, like, cuts him off, like, at that last syllable. And he's like, suck my dick. It's <laughs> a pretty vicious one, too. Yeah, It's, it's vicious. It's perfect. Because really, uh, I mean, in terms of characterization, Nosy hasn't had much. And they really haven't liked each other. So, in terms of goodbyes, there's nothing to say. And then uh, he says his goodbyes to Julie. And I guess, by extension, Stinky. Yeah. And he he does the thing where you start off very sincere. And, like, saying, like, I love you for who you are. Blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, I just wish we had a chance to boink. Yeah. It's, like, it's very, very 90s. Uh, and then we're back at the freak show. Uh <laughs> This, this made me laugh I, I can't again i'm I'm doing a very bad job explaining these gags, but Stewie shows up and he's got a jar of shit it's It's a jar of like mutagen essentially. Uh, he shows up in the crowd right before uh, some bad shit's about to happen and then this biker dude from the crowd <laughs> says down in front and he cr- he grabs the jar from Stewie. And immediately just pours it on the, the fucking kid's head. It was a good move. It was a good move. Yeah, that's fucking, how you shut him up. That was beautiful. Like, no, not a moment's hesitation. Just down in front. Bah! Uh, Freak Stewie is nightmare fuel, by the way. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, um, I was going to mention, if um, if some kid has something in his hand and he's annoying you, do whatever you can to destroy that thing, whatever it is. Uh, <laughs> that, that'll shut him up uh yes nightmare fuel that is a good way to do it uh that's a good way to say it um he turns into a ju- this is where i was like here's where all the money's at all the money is in this ending um, yeah yeah he turns into a brain dead-esque uh nightmare that's yeah. the it's it's not funny looking it's just fucking creepy fucking creepy dude uh, it's it's, ter- it's
0: very much mom from dead alive
1: and it's tall like that's the, the thing they show it at uh they show him again at the end uh he makes it and it's uh basically somebody wearing uh like you were saying like something on their shoulders basically yeah and they yeah. have this giant head um but yeah it's it's good i'm gonna I, have a nightmare about it
0: i think a lot of the effects for uh, both alex winter's like final form and uh, stewie were Probably done in the same way that uh, they did Dead Alive. A lot of forced perspective kind of stuff. Where yeah. it's, I don't, I actually can't tell you how big the costume was, um, but I can tell you who was in that costume because I think it's kind of funny. Um, looking here at the credits, uh, John M. Chu uh, was in the costume for uh, for Stewie. Uh, that would be the director of Crazy Rich Asians and the Step Up movies. And, and the horrible gem movie um he's kind of he's becoming a big name director in fact like those movies aren't for me uh yeah, um, crazy rich Asians is actually a lot better than you'd expect i yeah. didn't i did not want to see it i got dragged to it for a date uh, shocker and it <laughs> actually was pretty good
1: eh, i'm gonna pass i'm gonna go ahead if and you pass. don't if you
0: don't have to watch it don't but if it's you that, do if you do end up watching it though i'm just letting i'm letting you know right now you probably won't hate it
1: Steph already watched it.
0: Uh, Oh, Oh, so you'll never have to watch it. I'm never going to have to watch that movie. Uh, There are going to be sequels, though, so you might have to watch those.
1: Nope, nope, not going to do that either. (laughs) I had to sit through one Pitch Perfect movie, and that's the only one I'm going to sit through.
0: Yeah, so things start happening very quickly here. By the way, the Stewie costume, um, it looks kind of like a gremlin merged with Chucky from the Rugrats
1: cartoon. That mixed with the mad tea, the the Mad Magazine, uh, guy. A little bit of a, if you remember the,
0: the uh, drug trip sequence in Beavis and Butthead Do America. Is some of it, the some of the art from that.
1: <laughs> this is if Tommy Pickles? If you were hanging out with Tommy Pickles from the Rugrats, and uh, you would take it acid and a little bit of meth. I think just a little bit of meth. Was a lot of meth. Yeah, with, I feel like uh, his complexion
0: has some problems. It's insane, um, um, and the eyes are bugging out. It's terrifying. Um, it's and by awesome, the way, Alec, by Alex the way. Winter has been turned into a,
1: a full-blown gremlin now. Like, this movie, okay. By the way, this movie is garbage. Um, you and I found little things to enjoy in this. This is not a good movie at all. No, but this in scene is fun. It is pretty cool.
0: It is. There's so much that happens. Um, yeah. So. The Toad Man gets accident. He gets blown up by accidentally eating some dynamite. Uh, he goes out with the best last words you could ever hope to have. Just shit. Or come um, the fuck on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Alex Winters and uh, Stewie. Now, now they're both giant freaks. Uh, they have a bit of a pro wrestling match, um, complete with like appealing to the crowd and stuff. Um, I noticed that. The Weird weird Al's best friend from the, the movie um, UHF. I never saw a, UHF. Oh, I might make you watch that. Yeah. Um, he is one of the EES goons. Um, so things are not going well. Randy Quaid's kind of flipping out. So he, he turns on a Zygrot 24 hose to the EES guys, hits all of them in one go. Uh, they merge into... A giant eyeball-covered shoe with a with a human tongue for a tongue mm-hmm. that just kind of like waddles off screen. The stop motion effects for this were top notch. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck I was supposed to feel or get from that, but it looked kind of cool. Uh, the The British professor guy is on screen a couple more times. Um, he gets the the gag comes from the fact that every time he's in the frame, even like microscopic his title is still on the frame yeah like just like pointing out to you that this is him in the crowd uh and then we cut back to the studio interview for a moment and this has happened at least once before in the movie with uh brooke shields talking to alex winter who's still in the shadows and then we get a commercial within the movie for uh, a product called machismo yeah it's it it made me chuckle. It reminded me of uh, RoboCop or RoboCop two. Uh, I haven't seen the second one. That's the same as the first one, just different. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Uh John Glover has a cameo in RoboCop two. It's pretty good. Um, anyway, it's just it's just like dark, 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 dark uh, corporate humor from the from the eighties. Mm. So like pro- products that are delivered in a uh, like very very happy like positive manner but the actual product is like insidious and just horrific like for instance a, a board game called nukem where the idea is oh to, yeah 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 i remember that nuking people and then like uh, a commercial for heart transplants where it's like he's rattling off the names of japanese car companies who design these hearts and then like explaining to you that like oh by the way your insurance isn't gonna cover any of this like of course not And then uh, John Glover has this commercial for a a car security system that electrocutes people and kills them. And it won't even drain your car battery. (laughs) Um, uh, So yeah, uh, Alex Winter regains his senses a bit. Uh, Cowboy, who has had a couple of lines earlier in the movie. Again, this is a cow man. A human cow. uh, He tells him to let Stewie into his heart. And we get this really stupid fucking gag where he's repeating himself, like in an in an echo type manner, Mm -hmm. but it's not an echo. He's just continually saying saying it. it. (laughs) It's pretty fucking stupid. Um, And then we get a callback to something that I glossed over both in my notes and in my viewing of the film. But when Alex winter escaped from the laboratory, he grabbed, he like snatched a bag full of macaroons. And they celebrated by getting drunk and eating the macaroons, except worm guy who said he didn't like them. Uh, off-screen, by the way, it's like one of those blink-and-you'll-miss-it kind of ADR moments. Oh, I missed it. Uh, Quaid explains to us that, oh, hey, uh, the cure to the freak juice was baked into the macaroons, but it's on a time delay. (laughs) So by eating the macaroons, everybody's reversed their their freakness. Um, Yeah, all sorts of shit happens here. Um, At some point, Randy Quaid gets, like, Kicked in the balls, he goes through the roof, he falls into a vat of freak juice, and then emerges from the freak machine as Brooke Shields, uh, cut back to the studio, and by the way, Brooke Shields is the person interviewing Alex Winter. Yeah, yeah. That's what we um, mentioned her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I think the lights come on, and the big reveal is that at the end of Alex Winter's story, it's like, oh yeah, because he ate those macaroons, he's no longer a freak, so... We do this cute effect where, the whole time we've seen him in shadow, his silhouette has obviously been Alex Winter in like full freak makeup. But as soon as the light comes on, it's like, oh, he's just normal Alex Winter. Um, and yeah, then he, we get a, we get a great slasher movie ending for the movie. I was gonna say he <laughs> makes out. Laugh, with, anyway. He
1: makes out with Megan Ward at the end. He gets the girl. I was actually surprised that she didn't end up with Ernie, but this movie did the right thing because he's kind of been sexually harassing her the whole time, and it's nice that she doesn't end up with him. Like, it's oh, a bit of
0: a it's a bit of a Wayne's World mega happy ending in some ways, where everybody parade, literally parades onto the stage and says what they learned.
1: I read I read on the trivia that this was kind of screen tested, and I think they might have changed the ending. It might have had a little bit of a different ending, and they might have just gone with the mega happy. It's
0: kind ending. of a cynical movie, so you know, wouldn't it would be have surprised been, <laughs> if the movie okay do with the dark ending. <laughs> At least
1: the dark backward had the balls to end kind of dark, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is
0: very much Wayne's World. mega happy ending where it's like I've I've
1: learned that that's okay for
0: for two heterosexual yeah. males to love each other. <laughs> I think this was, was this before? This was after Wayne's World. When was Wayne's World? I don't actually know the year on Wayne's World. I'm amazed I can't remember
1: that. But it was like not, I think it was the same year, maybe. I I think you're right. It was early '90s. It was really early '90s. '92. Um, it was the year before. Okay. Oh, so
0: maybe Wayne's World got bit off of <laughs>
1: a um, bit. But yeah, the, the gag here
0: is that uh, <laughs> Brooke Shields is outed as a uh, Randy Quaid, transformed via the freak juice, uh, because her entire lower half is all fucked up. Uh, and then I think Julie shows up to shoot her a whole bunch. And by the way, she she lunges at Alex Winters with like a, a Michael Myers-esque like kitchen knife. She gets shot a whole bunch, uh good like Good job, Brooke Shields. You took some squibs and you actually fell over a couch. Like, yeah. but, you know, not every agent would let that happen. Not, to that, not to that
1: beautiful face, no.
0: Yeah, shit. Those are actual explosives. Yeah. <laughs> because this was 1993. You couldn't CGI the blood. Um, but yeah, Julie shoots her, and then every, like all the freaks parade out onto the stage, including Stewie, who, by the way, has not been changed back. No. <laughs> um,
1: you know, they spent it, way too much money on that to to, to yeah.
0: reverse him. And then uh, Worm Guy also, because he didn't eat the macaroons. Poor guy. Just looking for someone to wipe his ass. Man, fuck um, that dude, he's gross. And I can't remember if Brooke Shields, I think she gets shot three different times? Yeah, <laughs> Maybe twice?
1: Three different times, and then she, yeah, we get... Uh, she
0: gets shot at least twice. Multiple times. And then the last shot of the film is a freeze frame of her popping up behind everyone going, BWOW! With the yeah. knife. And it's pretty fucking great. <laughs> yeah. And then, cool. uh, yeah, it's... a. A uh, self-titled theme song starts to play over the credits, and I was like, "Good, good job, freak! You earned that."
1: Yeah. Um, sorry, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to say stuff. I'm like trying not to not say stuff. It's just that when we start these podcasts, I blast the air conditioning in the room, uh, and then about an hour into the podcast, uh, the air conditioning that was entrapped in the room has gone, and now it is turning the temperature of outside, which is balmy and hot so it is i i'm i'm cooking in in here right now you're not a happy camper no it's not that it's just like it's getting hot so i'm like man i'm really fucking sleepy why am i so sleepy am i I losing (laughs) blood or something like oh no it's a 100 degrees in here um
0: these days we're we're gonna get the sound of your head collapsing on the keyboard on the mic (laughs) it's like don't never mind folks i guess it's a solo show for now he's dead
1: (laughs) um yeah, it, it it definitely had some cool stuff. Um, I I kind of just checked out at the end of the movie because I just was like, oh, the the design, like the, uh, whatever that little shit's name is. What's his name? The the, boy, the Yeah, Stewie. I was just I was just trying to watch. I was just trying to watch him and the and the Alex Winter when he's full blown ogre looking. Um, I was just trying to check them out. Like, this is kind of cool. I wasn't really paying attention to much else. Um, it is a little soggy in the midsection to be honest like it's the, repetitive because yeah.
0: like it's basically just a escape caper where they keep failing and then get put back in the barn and then the running gag of them doing like TV game show stuff to pass the time yeah. was it, I mean it's from an <laughs> entirely yeah. it's in from an entirely different time period so like like you at least the hollywood you know that made sense like with squares thing. At least that's like relevant to you
1: because you actually remember the show. I never watched it. Yeah. So it was just like, oh, okay. Uh, I'd say about two fifths of the jokes land. Um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, I was i was surprised that many landed. I was expecting me too. Not a lot. Uh, I was expecting this to be awful. This was much better <laughs> than I thought it was going to be, but it was still hard to pay attention to after a little while. Um. Yeah,
0: it, it gets by a lot on just good makeup effects and just raw energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good acting. Dire- I'm sorry. It's directionless energy and, and yeah, it, the acting, actually. Like, Randy Quaid, uh, everybody like I shows said, up. I, I did a really bad job of explaining some of the gags in this movie. You really did have to be there. Um, but some of the timing, and, again, so much of comedy is just timing. Is Everybody showed up to play, and... You, The ratio isn't great. Like, the batting average for
1: this movie isn't the best, but, you know, that's how the game's played. (laughs) If you smoke pot, this is a good one to smoke some pot to. I think it could be a lot more fun. This is, like... I could see this on Adult Swim, almost. Like, just the... The gags are just so how would you say like cartoonish like you were saying like a lot it's just like a, it's like watching a r- real life cartoon more well,
0: or less. well funny you should mention that I, I looked up some of the credits for the the folks who made this film and uh the the main guy the main director tom stern um i believe he actually did go on to do adult swim shows fascinating <laughs> um, yeah imagine that um yeah the Andy Milanakis show. Oh, uh, God. Oh. Yeah, no. Cool. <laughs> um, there's actually a, a Netflix series, I think, called The Toys That Made Us that he directed. And then I think he did something, Saul and the Mole People or something. But yeah, like apparently he, all, well, with the exception of Alex Winter, who I think actually does some documentary work these days, but. The other two folks that co-wrote and co-directed this film uh, are, are working professionals, and I think they did have a tenure on Adult Swim programming.
1: He did some uh, The Man Show, uh, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Crank Yankers. Um, he's done some stuff with Marilyn Manson. It looks like he's done some Marilyn Manson. Oh, he did Dope Hat. Wow. Is that a good one? Music yeah, thing? that that's actually, I'm going to send you that one. Dope Hat's kind of fun. Uh, it's actually a pretty decent Marilyn Manson song as well. Um, yeah interesting uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers there it is well there was definitely a Red Hot Chili Peppers t-shirt in there but it looks like he directed uh, Taste the Pain the music video for Taste the Pain mm.
0: yeah alright well He's thank you shit. for thank you for joining me and catching up on Freaked um, this was a funny way to start uh, catching Keanu. up on Keanu Month but I'm sorry I was, I've just been looking for an excuse to watch this for a really long time and i I took it like, it's, yeah. so next month, uh, next week, rather. Um, what movie did you want
1: to cover for Keanu? Um, well, I think we should go with the one that I haven't seen. Um, I've seen, uh, 47 Ronin, um, which I'm going to have you watch. So I think it's going to be, what is, what was the other choice? I forgot was, what it is. Was it chain reaction? Chain reaction. Yes. Yes. I, and
0: I have seen chain reaction. But you A don't. A long remember. time ago. I, all I remember was that I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so so we'll see anything. how it goes. We'll count it. Um, anyway, uh, I guess join us next week as we continue our journey into Keanu Reeves' filmography with Catching Up on Keanu Month. Catching um, Up on Keanu. Until next time.